Welcome to Merrickville. Great to have company, Sydney. Today we'll be talking about the census and trying to make census of it. Oh, that's the first pun of the day. <laughs> yeah. Joined. Shut up, Liam. <laughs> Didn't even get out of the gates with that one. Welcome to Natasha Exelby. Lovely to have you back in the studio. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Hello to both of you gentlemen and everyone listening. Uh, quick stop, Dan, if we can. Mm. Just tell everybody what car you drive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be a slow build. No. I, no, no well, It's quite look, confronting, isn't it, when I stop the music? It is. It is. I, I was honest with you. I felt like we were trying to have a real moment in building our friendship. Yep. I... I confided in you that I was a little bit rattled because I'm not the best driver. I had yep. to drive in here. That's never a good outcome. Auto or manual? It is a manual. Oh, it okay. is a manual. Right. So to answer your original question, I drive a Mitsubishi Mirage. Her name is Mavis, Mavis oh, Mulberry. Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> She's pink. She's oh. pink. Um, my, my theory behind it was that there's so many things in life that are so serious, yeah. especially when you're a journalist. So mm. if you have a mm. chance to sort of get a car that looks like a nail polish color, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. you should do it. Yeah. You should do it. The great thing about that, Natasha, is the fact that if you've got a car of that color and you've shown me the, the type of pink it is, mm. it's, I'd call it bright. Um, and if you're driving that, that's a, that's a good car for you to drive because that gives everybody forewarning that you're there. And I think that's important as well because I experience a lot of road rage always when I drive. And Is it because you're a bit shit at it? At road rage or driving? Driving. Because I do very well at road rage. <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, Driving, not so much. Like I... I honestly, like, I try to concentrate. I try and obey speed limits. I try not to cut people off. But sometimes you'll be singing or just not thinking and you'll just run into a keep left sign. Like, it can happen to any of us. Uh, no, it's never happened to me, ever. Oh, no, touch, touch some wood. No, no, no look, do you know to. what? I just won't drive into the no, signs. No, that is, that is fair. My name is so th- Natasha and I'm a terrible driver. So this has been a public service yeah. announcement. Keep an eye out for yeah. bright pink Mitsubishi mm. Mirages. Particularly uh, if they're holding a club lock in their hand. <laughs> Because if they get out of the car, you're going to die. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Natasha, you've, as a journalist, we've Mm. spoken, when you've been on the show before, about your time uh, as a correspondent overseas and about how dangerous it can be. Yep. Now, yesterday on the show, I'm going to get to some audio I'm going to play in a second, but I spoke to some people yesterday about, uh, because of the, you know, the Air Asia incident. Yeah, with, with yeah, a pilot, yeah, yeah. Pretty scary. And he said, you know, you may as well say you're yes. because we don't know if we're going to get out of this one. Yeah, it's good he had confidence. Yeah, I know. Mm, it's not, yeah. I don't reckon that guy's going to be doing a lot of flying for a bit. Anyway. Well, certainly not any sort of corporate speaking gigs. <laughs> Good way to start, though. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to dinner. Look, I'd start saying your prayers now because you might actually get food poisoning. Yes. Um, so, anyway, we'll get some, uh, some audio in a minute from yesterday about a story, incredible survival story, where somebody thought, uh, this is it, the, this yeah, the, the Liam last Yeah, I'm keen to hear this. Liam was telling me about it. And it's, it's that sense that, you know, like everyone's, I suppose, most people have had near misses. Yep. And trust me, the, the majority of people who listen to Like I did on my way here driving. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, actually, more accurately, all the people around you. That's fair. That's had fair. A, had a near miss. <laughs> um, you're the hammer. They're the anvil. But the, uh, this, the idea that, you know, obviously you think this could be my last moment. As yep. a journalist, have you had those moments where you've gone, this could be the, the last, the, you know, my last moment on earth? Yeah, yeah, um, I have, I suppose, a couple of times. And you, as a journalist, you're kind of loathe to speak about it publicly because your job is reporting on people who not only, ha- you know, it wasn't that they thought it was their last, it was their last breath. But um, 
I can people people laugh about it now, but I think one of the closest when I was in um, on the Turkish Syrian border, which is you know just packed with ISIS cells because that's where they sort of go in and out of out of Turkey to get food for their fighters and weapons yep. and and oil and all of that kind of thing. And um, I found myself in in a lift with a couple of guys, and it was just me and three guys, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. But um, you knew that they were ISIS? Correct. 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 Jeez. Um, and those guys were bad day to re- be wearing orange. <laughs> did you just think, why did I pick orange? Today? Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> I actually wasn't, I didn't think so much about, um, death. Right. I didn't think I was going to be killed straight away. I thought that there would be torture. Um, because oh, that's, that's okay. sort of the, well, they've got, they've got form in that area, yeah, yeah. um, with, with journalists. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was tough. So what did they think that you were doing there? I oh, mean, they knew. Yeah. So they, they knew. knew yeah. They know you're a journalist. Correct. So you're a yep. massive target. Exactly. And you've got to live with three ISIS members. Yes. Well, I did. They, I didn't sort of go, oh, there's three guys. I might join them she in the lift. lift. I was yeah, there. I nice. was there first. Um, and then they walked in. Yeah. And then, yeah. How did you know they were ISIS? Um, well, it's probably a story too heavy for radio to, to be honest with you, but they were later, um, arrested that night because they did, um, shoot a journalist in the head, uh, who was from Aleppo, a guy from, from Syria who'd been incredibly brave because he wanted to tell the story and he knew that he couldn't do that safely in an area like Raqqa, which is an ISIS stronghold. So he moved to Southern Turkey so that he could tell um, continue to tell that story and, and he became a target. I, I don't want to be able to be painting myself to be more than what I am, by the way. No. Like, I don't think no, no, anyone that's, from that's... ISIS is going to be going, well, that's Natasha Rex will be, you know, we, we've got to get rid of her. They'd seen the ABC blooper. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd seen the video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but still, like, I've got to stop inviting people in this studio who've got far better stories than anything I've got to offer. Because, like, now uh, I was... I don't know. I don't think I've been doing it justice. I come still, out of here... I had the story about well, this one time I fell off my BMX, but I'm just going <laughs> to... You know, I'm going to strike that. Natasha, have a listen to this story that we had from from, uh, from yesterday, a couple of stories from callers who, who rang through uh, um, about people who've said their goodbyes thinking this is going to be their last moment. I, I invite people to call through on 13353 if you didn't get a chance to get, because we had so many people ringing yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to get through, uh, or if you've just listened for the first time and you want to tell us your story, I'd love to hear them. 13353, if you've got a story about when you said your goodbyes, have a listen to this. Went down to a train station one day with uh, my 10-week-old son and a pram, got down on the platform took my backpack off to get the timetable out, looked in the direction the trains come from, saw a train coming, turned back to see my son's stroller going off the platform. <gasps> so I then had to jump down onto the tracks and got him back up on the platform. Tried to get up myself, banged my knee getting up and thought to myself, well, if you try again and you don't get up, you're going to get cut in half or lose your legs. So I bit the bullet and laid down and uh, squashed myself towards the platform and sort of, sort of, yeah, just said, see you later. And uh, eight carriages went over the top of me. Eight carriages of a train. That's that's phenomenal. Did the guy? Did he tell you how long ago that was that that, that had happened? Fourteen years ago, from memory. Oh yeah, I just thought uh, thinking about how you go through something like that, and then you know next week tell every like explaining it and reliving mm. it. Like mm. yeah, um, yeah, and sadly too, they charge him on his Opal card as well. So. I mean, <laughs> He had, yeah. to, he had to pay the penalty there. Fortunately, oh. you know, it, so it was a no city, Thomas the Tank Engine for that a, kid either, yeah. is there? And it was a Sydney train. so We can laugh because nothing happened. No, no, though. we can yeah. laugh. We can make jokes about mm. it. It was a Sydney train, so the eight carriages took uh, nine and a half hours <laughs> to go over him. But 
<laughs> he's still with us. Thank uh, you, Gladys Berejiklian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tremendous calls. If you've got one now, I know I can see the calls are coming through. One triple three five three. When have you said your goodbyes? If you've got an incredible tale like that, I just find these stories absolutely riveting. As do I. Tasha and I are taking your calls on one triple three five three about those amazing circumstances where you've said your goodbyes. You've you know you've come to God as it were, come to a peaceful part in your mm. life where you just go well. Oh, I'm knackered here. And yeah. then you just kind of, now I think everyone has an experience where you just go, oh, geez, that was a close show. Yes. But having that forewarning of knowing that you are probably going to die and then you don't, it's just like, boom, let's just yeah. go, let's just go straight to the bot life. I'm making good contributions here, aren't I? You're saying, oh, taking us through everything. Oh, you know, you're going to die. These, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as I said bot lay, you went, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> straight to the bot lay. She's a real wordsmith. This X will be. <laughs> No wonder she's a journalist. Yes, she'd be good with words. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, Rowan and Hornsby. Hello, Rowan. Hey, Rowan. G'day, how are you? Yeah, really good. Tip All right. top. It's good. Um, yeah, I got. I thought I was going to die once. Um, I was swimming out up. Oh, where was it? Up, 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 up the coast. And next minute, I'm inside a whale's stomach. What? Yeah. And how did I'm that happen? Made, well, we're actually on a little dinghy thing we shouldn't have been out so far and next minute we just saw gray well my friend wasn't there but he was up just up a few meters above and he saw the whole thing he said a whale just came up and i went straight into its mouth and uh oh, come on rowan are you serious you went into a whale's that, mouth i mean so are you that, captain ahab isn't there some oh, like comic or cartoon on that Pinocchio, or isn't it oh moby dick oh, okay, okay so... <laughs> yeah, no, I was in the stomach and it was really like claustrophobic and I was suffocating a little bit and I didn't know what had happened. I mean, I didn't see the whale. I just saw a flash of grey and then I was just in there just thinking, oh, I wonder what had just happened. So riddle me this, Rowan. um, How does one go about getting outside of a whale's stomach? It's easy, Natasha. You get a giant squid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Pinocchio used the... Lit a fire, but yeah. Um, luckily, the whale just kind of spat me out. I don't know what happened, but so my you, friend. So it was it was a baleen whale, like like a southern right whale or something like that. So you know, it's obviously not a whale yeah. with teeth. It's it's a baleen no. whale, and it's it's opened up its I, mouth to suck in the the fish, or, and you just happened to be there, yeah. Yeah, and he swallowed me, and he was a big fella. And when I got <laughs> out, think? I just thought, well, I um. I, want, I just thought, what the hell was that? And my friend said, oh, you just got swallowed by a whale. This and then just, we swam to shore, and then we went and had a beer. See, I and then a pelican ate him. Here's the thing, here's the thing, Rowan. I could be wrong here, but are you taking the piss? <laughs> no. No. No it's one a, it's ever a... believes this, this, this story. But, um, yeah. No, yeah, welcome, wish... welcome to Triple M. Okay. This, this happens, like, every day. Right. Every, there's stories like this like, all the time. Wow. So it's amazing. That's why I love it. Okay. Well, Ron, just a, a tip. I'd be um, getting in contact with any kind of news network because mm. I reckon they'd pay a fair bit of cashola mm. for that story. Yeah. You know, the sad thing is, though, Rowan's friend was harpooned by a Japanese vessel and was eaten. You guys aren't funny. Let's move on. That was that was very that was very funny. John in Penrith, hello. Hey, mate. How are you going? Yeah, really good, mate. All right. Hey, John. We, we just had a guy hey. who was eaten by a whale. Did John, you hear that? John was oh, no, speared to death that. by a Jesus. unicorn. Yeah. No, it was uh, a dragon, a dragon. All right, um, mate. When you give us the circumstance when you had to say your goodbyes, um, yeah, horrible, horrible sensation. Um, I was 
18 and I was working on a recycling truck and um, like a flatbed sort of Pantech with the rails around the side. Yep. Over, over full with paper and cardboard on a windy day. So I'm up there on the tarp trying to, you know, hold it down while it's rolling at walking pace. Uh, the boss hit the brakes because the car reversed out in front of him and I had nothing to hold on to, so I just dropped straight onto the exhaust pipe. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah, straight through the side of the ribs, just oh. under the under the nipple height. Oh, so hang on. You're I talking don't about. Understand. So, because uh, it's a truck, it's got a vertical pipe, yeah? Is yeah. that what you're talking yeah, about, the John? Vertical pipe, yeah. So it's got right. a vertical about, chrome tip a chrome tip pipe at yep. the top, That's right? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, about knee height. The top of it was about knee height. So when he hit the brakes, I had nothing to hold on to, so I dropped. So and that's that's got a flute like a mouth of it would have been around about uh probably what, 60, 80 mil in diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just become impaled it, on that. Um, well, yeah, basically it didn't cut right through. Luckily, I didn't know that at first. So that's why I thought, you know, collapsed the lung and broke three ribs. Oh, popped them open out of the cartilage at the back, and um, yeah, it just pushed that that absorbed a lot of the impact. So it pushed its way in with the skin wrapped around it. Oh. And collapsed the lung. And, Cheese and rice. And, uh, yeah, so I just grabbed it tight as I could, thinking any minute I'm going to see the blood. So um, got off, rolled off the roof of the truck um, after dangling off it for a second. And once I hit the ground, I couldn't support my weight, so I'm just holding tight, waiting for the blood to gurgle up and didn't come. But um, Return I to work hand, next week, John? look at it, and my heart was beating outside my chest. What? Oh. Popping through the open... The popped ribs, about six inches, pushing its way out to the side, just pop, pop, pop. And your heart was outside of your chest, and you were watching it beat. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. Sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It's, um, oh wow. That's that. That's that's when I really had cemented it. That's it. I'm going to go any second. And the next thing I know, the ambulance turn up, cut the clothes off, pop me with morphine, and. Off I go. So you were sort of conscious throughout this? Oh, yeah, completely. How long ago was it? Um, oh, it was it a was Monday. A long time. Mid, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mid-90s. Wow, John, that's incredible. Can you – I know this sounds weird, but did the pipe burn you as well as stab you? Because it's like insult to yeah. injury. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it cut halfway down to bone, which is – yeah, the bone absorbed a lot of the impact, so it didn't cut all the way through. Oh. But because of the heat um, – Basically seared it as well. Yeah, yeah, cauterized it. Yeah. Oh, John, that's an extraordinary story. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Natasha looks like she's about to vom, John. No, I genuinely, I, I mean, the story itself is is phenomenal. But you know, John's sort of courage to ring up and share it with everyone—that's oh, pretty awesome. That's part of the course here. I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, he'll probably go off and go. Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you, I was also eaten by a whale. <laughs> Very shortly, we'll be talking you through the census results. So mm. basically, we all had to sit around and fill out forms. Some of us didn't really. Some of us just made stuff up. I wasn't in the country. Oh, really? Well, yeah, I haven't contributed. So right. it's so it's false information then. Well, I so. I, I've got a bad feeling I may have affected it because I did write that I had um, six hundred thousand Muslims living in my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. probably why that mm. percentage of Muslims mm. went from two point two to two point nine. It's increased. Yeah. Uh, mm. At the time, I thought it was a kind of a funny thing to do. Oh yep. yeah, I mean, there's me and Georgie and the two kids, six hundred Muslims. Thousand Muslims, and now they've approved a mosque to be built in Lilyfield. Ah, seemed like a good idea at the time.
<laughs> Segway, Chris O'Keefe on the television right now, Channel 9. He's looking great, isn't he? I like the colour of his tie. You've missed me there. <laughs> the census uh, results are in, and we know a, it's a bit of a snapshot of Australia and where we're at. stuff. We're about 24-something million. Yeah, uh, close to 24, they say. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, the population of the world increases by over 70 million a year. Yep. So it's about three Australias Catholic, every year. What, what are the footnotes from it? Catholic Church in trouble. Yeah. Lots the, of people. The Cathos are down on their yeah, numbers. Yeah, they gotta do, they've got to do some PR, Mary. Yeah. Maybe you can help with them. Yeah, because they would normally be the first elected uh, religion, yep. and they were always rating really high, higher than other, you know, people who are agnostic and people who don't yes. follow any religion at all. Uh, now, it seems as though people have moved away from religion, and the second largest religion in Australia now is, of course, Islam. Yes. Which some people have just freaked out. Mm. Yeah, and it's... Settle down, have yeah. a falafel, and I guess you'll be okay. the percentages <laughs> are etching on the field. Um, they're very close. You know what? I was trying to say something smart, and it wasn't going to work out, so let's oh, just that's, move on. That's all right. Welcome. You're in the right space. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel like that is off agenda. That is absolutely what we're trying to do here. Mm. Um, other results have found that Melbourne is growing faster than Sydney and will eclipse Sydney's population in only a few years. Mm. Melbourne will become, I've, I've thought that Melbourne will become a bigger city and it will become a, not necessarily a more desirable place to live, but it will become a more populated city. But then if Melbourne becomes the main centre, like the most populated place, mm. all the hipsters will have to leave. Because so they true. can't stay somewhere that's the most popular oh, place. Finally, Adelaide gets a win. Yes. <laughs> I'm from Adelaide originally, Natasha. So. Oh, you know, that <clears throat> means guys with beards in Adelaide, not just the girls. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was it's very insulting to my mother. Adelaide, I'm, I'm sick of it. this. As a person from regional Australia, Adelaide gets a bad rap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, stop putting people in barrels, I say. Oh, Put right. wine in there. You've got to confuse wine. Good. People bad. Okay. <laughs> All right, next point. Census, next point. Okay, so the, that's the census. That's basically the snapshot of it. New South Wales has been snapshot, growing. did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Once again, no research mm-hmm. taken here. China has overtaken England and New Zealand as the most popular country at birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second most spoken language in Australia now is... Mandarin. Mandarin. 2.2% behind English. Yeah. Mm. So English is still a long way in front. Yeah. But Mandarin second. Mandarin second. Cantonese is the second language of China, but it's actually, I think that's the Cantonese primary. is spoken by 1.2% here in Australia. Yeah, so not far behind, but that mm. just shows you how, how many uh, Chinese people in Australia are fluently speaking Chinese still. But it also gives us an excuse. That's to... good. You know they make Chinese food. <laughs> so good too. They're yeah. best at it. Um, I don't, I have a confession. I don't, this is bad. I don't know why I, why I should care about the how much Mandarin or how many people speak it. Like that's a fun fact, mm, but mm. why do we need to dissect it? Because know. we get to play like, this. You, you're you're because, interested because we spent millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on that census as a population, as a as a country. Mm. I want to know how close Mandarin is to Cantonese because next time I go and get some Sichuan pork, <laughs> I want to know. What side of the border it's from. Okay. No, it makes no difference. But having said that, we do have a little bit of a game here that we play in Tesha from time okay. to time, which is called... Chinese Happy Fun Time Translation Games. This is where we translate things, yes. usually songs, from English into... Are we doing Cantonese or, Ch- or Mandarin? Let's get this right. We don't want to get the sense Oh, look, it's gone through Google Translate, yeah. so we've taken Chinese. The... This is called Chinese, right? Yeah, I think that's it a goes, safe bet. goes into Chinese, comes back 
into Australian and you've got to try and guess what it is. Because once it's translated twice, yes, it's like rehydrating food. Yes. It's the same, but it looks different. It's a bit weird. But... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to read you a lyric. And okay. in honour of Natasha being in here today, because mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of female co-hosts on the show. These no, are all female of, artists. Because of that legal... Thing you should ask John McEnroe what he thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's so um, your buzzer is your name. Yep. Uh, here is the first lyric. So this is a, a famous song by a female artist, been put through Google Translate. Oh, do it again! I hit your heart and lost the game. Oh, baby, Merrick, baby, Mary, that's Britney Spears. What? Uh, is you, it? Give me the hit name me one more time. Hit me one more time. Mm, you haven't got the song right, but I'll give it to you. So you got. That was obvious. That's an easy one. I don't know if I'm happy to hand that point over because this isn't a song about let's translate no, that... the artist's names. It's the lyrics. You got but, the song well, wrong. Let's not, let's not go calling her an artist. For I, I also it's suspect I'm going to suck at this game, so I need to take any vantage point I can. What, right. What's embarrassing is how quickly I answered Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah I, I would have held yeah, up well, on that. Bit of a fan. <laughs> okay. One nil, one nil to Mary. So the next okay. one's toxic. He's number two. Song number two. <clears throat> At times the virgin girl, this is the first contact. At times the virgin... Oh, it's um, Tash Tash. Yes. Is it Madonna? Song? Like, like a virgin? <laughs> Boom. Well I didn't think I was a chance of even winning a point on this. Do you the virgin part was the giveaway? <laughs> what other songs have got the term virgin and the word virgin Hey, is... hey, hey. Just because it's a draw right now doesn't okay, mean right, that you right. need to arc up or right. okay. simmer okay. down. Song number... Song num- like this better be a bloody banana rama track or I'm going to freak right out. Okay, let's Sorry, Toddy, you didn't make it. Oh, no, mm. that was the Shantuzis, wasn't it? What? Never mind. Uh, song number three. Here we go. Now everyone has a new dance. Come here, baby. Do not fall into the rail engine. I know you will love if you give the chance. Come here, baby. Do Merrick. not f- do the locomotion box. Hold it up. That, do you know what? Don't even have any any more points because that is impressive. <laughs> so many blokes out there right now who are just drinking a Jack Daniels and cola can going right with your mess. Damn right. Well played. No, that was well played. All now right. level with when me I here. Did that. you deliberately let me get that second point you held off? <laughs> A little, yeah. Okay, rats. All okay. Right. You still got your chance, Tash. You still got there, two more. Oh. All right, two more. It's two one to America at the moment. Mm. Okay, number number four. If the man in the sky is among us, we just disrupted a stranger on the coach going home. What famous song is that by oh. female artist? Please, please repeat the question. If the man in the sky is among us, we just disrupted a stranger on the coach going home. I don't even like this game. Can we? Can we? Can you give us a clue? Oh, yes, Merrick. I feel like you've just God. Yeah, God. You're right. You're very close. You're around the mark. God is in the sky. God's God's in my car. I'm going to time you out. God's in my car. I don't don't even know who that is. Who's this? It's by John Osborne. I remember that song, but no. Do you know what? Who's that? There's a point. Retraction for Liam for a bad example. Yes. <laughs> Who was going to go? Oh, like well, that's it's two one America at the moment. The last one's worth five points, so you can steal it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. This is the final one. What uh, famous female song put through Google Translate is this? When you want to sleep in me, you must stay with my friend. Let there be. Oh, eternity. if you want to be my lover, got to get with my friend. Spice Girls. Cash. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> Axelby wins. <laughs> Sadly, you do. But also, too, I'm kind of proud that I didn't get that one right. I was just thinking, oh, go, y- you know what? Yeah, you know it's, what? it's much I... better that you've got locomotion on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I got carried away when I heard insider. I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
touch. There's a great um, story about uh, a young girl, Jade Esler. She's in Queanbeyan mm. in, uh, near uh, Canberra. And she's 16 years of age, and she just went and got her recreational pilot's license, which means that she can fly. Yeah, she can fly a plane. Can't drive a car, can fly yeah, a plane. Yeah, how does that work? Is there not an age on when you can get a license for being a pilot? Or I don't know. I think it might actually be 16. I think she, she's the youngest pilot now in the country, 16-year-old. And she's just applied for a job with AirAsia in Perth. And she's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, good you know chance. Because at no stage she's say, hi, um, it's Jade. Um, let's just all pray that, that we're going to survive. Doesn't do that. She just goes, I'm going to fly this plane no, and land that, it. But that, is in, but that is impressive, though. You've got to tip your hat well, to that. Here's the, the other part, too, and this makes me a bit sick. Uh, she's a school student, and uh, she funded all of her classes. What a legend. On her own by starting her own small business, selling cupcakes so she could fund her flying course. That's a lot of cupcakes. That's a lot of cupcake. That's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of thinking, and I don't, I don't think that I like her. What is her that? name? Her name's Jade. Jade, Jade Esler. And Jade Esler, I salute you. I think you're wonderful. Overachiever. It's, the the, the cost true. to learn to become a pilot is somewhere between five and fifteen thousand dollars. So she sold a lot of cupcakes. Like I said. I reckon she, do you reckon that, You're a little late to the party on so, that. Yeah, yes, so, on that conclusion. Oh, you actually, you've no. He's raised a good point there, though, Tash. That's a what? lot of cupcakes, isn't it? Maybe some of them are green. Maybe, oh. maybe she made cookies as well as cupcakes. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm yes. sure she didn't making mull muffins. I'm I don't know. I'm sure she's just I a very. I think you're misconstruing this with the kind of behaviour you were up to when oh. you were 16. Oh yeah, I would have made so many cupcakes. I would have eaten one of the cupcakes. Would never. I think been it would have been a different kind of cupcake you would have been making. I would have made a, the cupcake. The cupcakes I make would give you such a weird sugar rush. You'd want to just lie down on a beanbag for a while. <laughs> What were you doing when you were 16? Not that. <laughs> Not achieving. Because she has picked an interesting way to fund it. Like, I would have thought that there's easier or more lucrative things to do than sell cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, look, I don't know. It depends on how many you sell. When I was 16, I was mowing people's lawns. I used to just have, like, I had a job yep. where I used to just go to my neighbor's places and, and mow their lawns and do odd jobs around the house. And then I used to spend that money on cupcake mixture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because uh, I loved icing mm. with my mates. We used to love to go to a park and just have some icing. Just icing. Yeah. Just yep. Ice to mellow you out. Yeah. The sugar rush would mellow sugar you out. Mellow you out. Love yes. That's what, that's what I said when I was 16. What were you doing for for a crust when you were 16? What, what age did you start working? No, well, I mean, I started working for my dad on the farm probably when I was about 10. Was I would a cupcake do, farm? Yeah, on a, cup, on a cupcake <laughs> farm. Actually, fun fact, my dad does grow drugs. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> They are medicinal drugs. The plant is debosia. He extracts hyacin and scopolamine from them, which he exports to a pharmaceutical company in India. So, Jay and Essa, you think you're great about flying planes, but my That's dad's better. Is your dad, what is it they grow? What's the grow? plant's called debosia. Anyway, it's, it's what about is it, what's me. It for? What is it, what's it? Uh, so the main one is buscapan, but there's it's eye drops. Stomach. Correct. So then there's a lot of eye drop drugs. I think it's in some pain um, killers and that as well. So they haven't um, made a synthetic for it. So anything he's making, they're still they're wanting they're they're still finding a lot of new ways that it can be used in different drugs. Great. Okay, mm. that's cool. All right. Yes. Let's get back to what you were doing. Yeah. So I would drive a tractor for my dad. I think it was like about six dollars an hour or something. But he didn't trust me to to turn the corners at the end of each lap of the paddock. So 
once I would get to the end of a paddock, he would have to jump on the tractor yep. and turn the corner for me. So I think okay. we all know that dad was sort of doing me a favor by giving me this you money and it work. was more yep. about responsibility. Take an, take an and he probably needs to take some responsibility for my poor driving yeah, because he say. didn't let me make mistakes myself. <laughs> so here's the thing that I think we've learned. We've come full circle here, yes. Natasha. Uh, if you're listening at the very start of the hour, I think we now know why you are such a bad driver. It's my dad. You drive in straight lines and then when you get to a yes! corner, you go, sorry, too tough. <laughs> Where's dad? Where's, Where's dad? dad? Where's dad? Natasha Exelby, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for dropping by and we'll see you again soon. The pleasure was all. All yours. <laughs> it was fun. Great to have your company, Sydney. Now, yesterday, you might have heard, it was a little bit later on the five o'clock hour, it's talking about how sometimes I've got a propensity to have a few drinks on a Saturday, and then I'll wake up somewhere randomly in my house, mm. and it could be anywhere. Sometimes it's on the floor. On Saturday, I just woke up in the middle of the floor, three hours later, everyone else had gone to bed, my entire family, gone, left me there, woken up on a staircase once before, um, woken up in all sorts of weird places. Woken up on my son's top bunk. Don't know how I even got up there. And it turns out you're not alone. No, I got drinking amnesia is what I had, mm. right? But here's the interesting thing. We didn't get to this story yesterday, but we're asking you, you know, if you had woken up anywhere, and it was kind of fun not knowing where you'd been or how you got yeah, there. We had some people who woke up in a laundry hamper, in That's the funny. dog kennel. That's funny. Somebody who couldn't get through yesterday, but when I heard about this story, I had to get him back on air today because this is incredible. Uh, it's JD. He's in North Taramara. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, man. So I'm well yourself. Yeah, very good. Now, JD, you've got a very, very rare condition, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's not a lot of fun at times, but learned to deal with it pretty well. Um, so I have uh, what they believe to be uh, orientation disorder, which is basically what you've described, where you um, have no idea basically where you are, um, combined with a memory issue. So they believe it is um, my my switching over from my subconscious to my conscious, which is probably going into way too much detail for most of our listeners. But long story short, I wake up in the morning and it takes me about 10 minutes for my brain to actually start functioning and start remembering things, um, down to small details like obviously, you know, where I am. And honestly, um, the best way to describe it is like waking up after a big night, like you've described, um, and not really remembering how you got there or what's going on. Um, but that's actually coupled, as I said, um, with memory loss, which is quite scary at times. Um, uh, when I was younger, it really, really used to affect me. Obviously, I couldn't, uh, couldn't go to sleepovers. My parents used to have to set timers so that they woke up before me, so that when I woke up, they could sort of reassure me as to where I was and how I got there and pretty much everything in my life. So you've, you've, had um, this, you've had this pretty much all your life then, JD, this yeah, inability to recognise um, where you are when you wake up? Mate, it is, yeah, it's been fun at times going through my teens when you, you know, sort of start to get out there, um, you know, on your own a wee bit. Um, you know, there's been a few times where I've sort of woken up and not only gone, um, you know, where am I, but who are you? <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it can wow. be fun. I mean, I've, I've, um, I've been to various doctors and there's not really, um, you know, a hell of a lot they can do. They want to sort of, um, you know, do a whole heap of tests and put probes on, um, you know, get me to go to sleep and, you know, watch the patterns as I wake up. But um, at the end of the day, nothing's really going to fix it. So I just try my best as I can to sort of, sort of live with it. I've got a, um, a pre-written out sort of um, card that I read every morning. Um, really? That pretty, pretty much sits in front of my bed. Um, and it's basically the first line is, this is okay. It happens every morning. And then some really basic details, my kids' names, for instance. Um, as you know, there's been a father. Sometimes the kids, um, you know, sneak into your bed at night. Um, and that can be quite an awkward one when you sort of wake up and you're not sure whose kid it is and what their name is. But, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously my family is well aware of it, but it's not something that I uh, necessarily tell a lot of people or, um, or indeed my close mates, especially some of them would have some fun with it. But, 
Yeah, it's been interesting. It's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, it's like that was a 51st dates or something like that, where you wake up each day and you don't remember the, the one previously, but you just, you go to bed at night. Let's just, I just, I've got so many questions. <laughs> okay. First of all, how many hours do you get to sleep, you know, a night? Do you, it, has to, it has to be a decent sleep. I mean, okay. I do have to go into those circadian rhythms. I can't just have a nap on the couch. Um, I've got two kids, so, you know, not napping yep. on the couch anyway. Okay. But, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, it does have to be a proper night's sleep, mate. Okay, so if you wake up at, you know, like midnight and you have to go and have a tinkle, you're okay. You're not going to freak out and not know where you are. No, 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 definitely not. Okay. So, so, like I say, I've got to get into those deep sort of, those deep-seated rhythms. And, yep. um, yeah, that's mainly what they want to monitor as well, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, like I say, at the end of the day, I just, um, I'd be going in and, you know, getting a whole bunch of reports and whatnot done. They can't actually fix it. So, yeah, it's okay. interesting. Um, so how, how does, was it difficult finding, you know, a woman? I mean, obviously you say you're married, you've got kids. Is it difficult yeah. finding a woman and kind of explaining and and how does she deal with it when you know do you, do you wake up in the morning and freak out when you see her and just go oh my god how did I pull this bird because she's way too bit, too good looking for me and I'm punching her by my way. Oh, I was, that. I was about to say mate I, I sleep have on that. the couch most nights come on let's be realistic okay <laughs> okay it's still so you're, so you're still in a normal marriage <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah normal loveless marriage. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, no, no, she was one of my very good friends growing up, so she was actually one that I did confine in quite early on. Um, But, um, you know, there's been times where it's lasted a little bit longer. It sort of ebbs and it flows. That's about an average. um, A bad, a bad day can be anywhere up to about half an hour. So, um, you know, I I work full-time, and even even little things, if it's a long one, like, um, you know, she'll she'll be trying to get me, you know, get me dressed, going for work, and trying to, you know, jog the memory banks, and I've just got no idea what's going on, basically. (laughs) Oh, wow. What are they, JD, does the... The illness or the affliction have a name? No, no. Well, I mean, they've, they don't really know what I've got. So, like I said, I've never let them test me that extensively, um, mainly because it's a waste of time, to be completely honest. They can't fix it. So, But if they did want to, um, you know, if they did want to name it, I'm more than open to suggestions. Yeah, JD. I've never heard of it before. So, yeah, Case well, of the JDs. JD disease. Because, uh, to be honest, Friday you, night disorder. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of blokes in Australia suffer from JD disease. They have a few JD, <laughs> have a few JDs, and these morning Friday they can't wake up. They wake up. They go, "Oh, in a second, who's this? I'm your wife." Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been blamed for a lot of memory loss. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's an incredible story. So you've had this for how how many years now, JD? Mate, I'm 32. Yeah. Um, like okay. I said, I think my parents probably copped the worst end of it when I was younger, having to um, you know, having to set alarms. But then I couldn't go to sleepovers at mates' houses. Just little things like that. Uh, do you have a particularly um, uh, like the worst day, JD? Was there a, a time when you were away, like a school camp, or you know, when you didn't have your card, you didn't have that ability to, to compose yourself with recollection? You know, it's funny you say that because it was actually, in terms of feeling uneasy and unawkward, it was actually pretty... I try, I try and shield myself from those sort of situations, obviously knowing my condition, but I started a new job recently and we had to had to go away in the first month and I, I legitimately probably would have forgotten half the people's names anyway. Um, but I woke up in a room full of people that I just, you know, like I said, I probably wouldn't have known half of them anyway. They didn't know about my disorder and I think they thought I was um, sleepwalking, to be honest. Oh, that's just unbelievable. <laughs> It's so mate, yeah. Look, it's fun, but it's not. No, it's things, not. It's it could not be fun. Lot, there could be a lot worse things to have. Uh, absolutely, yeah. mate. That, and that's the thing is that you know you've got something that is straight out of a Hollywood movie, but you're dealing with it well. And you know, it's great to hear that you know, like the rest of us, you have to sleep on the couch because your missus thinks you're a nightmare. So <laughs> you know, that gives that gives hope to all. JD, mate, thank you so much for for being a part of the show and and you know for getting back to us today and and telling us that story because. I know so many people right now would be fascinated hearing that sort of stuff. And I like to have a laugh on the show, but 
stories that I get on this program absolutely blow my mind, and that that is a cracker, mate. So thank you very much for sharing that. Mate, my absolute pleasure. You boys take care. Uh, I always have to listen. See you guys. Right, good on you, mate. One triple three five three. If you've got a rare disorder. A condition. JD's got the hangover disease. I mean, it's going to be hard. To, it's that's what it, exactly it is. It's just Sunday morning disease. Mm. If you've got a condition like that that you think I wouldn't know about, people wouldn't know about. You can obviously remain anonymous. Uh, but if you've got something that is kind of obscure, it is not well known, but you want to talk about it, always feel free to give us a call. It's always an open line, regardless. But one triple three five three is the number here. That was fascinating. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me, this show. Thank you very much for listening, Sydney. Uh, good times. We've got talking to you guys about rare disorders. We just had JD from North Taramara who had an incredible, uh, he has an incredible condition where he wakes up every morning not knowing who he is or mm. where he is. Sounds Takes him of, 15 minutes to half an hour to yeah. figure out and remember who he is and where he is. He's, oh, my God, they're my children? So he has a card written out with all the clues. Incredible. Uh, so we're asking you, do you have a rare disorder, something you would like to talk to us about that uh, we wouldn't be familiar with? We've got Craig in Menai. Hello, Craig. Hey, boys. How are we? Very good. What's your, what's your condition, mate? Um, so basically, I'm allergic to the cold Okay. cold objects. Okay, to, so, to, to uh, the touch on a kind of, kind of a tactile level, meaning, you know, if you have physical contact with something cold, is that what you mean? Yeah, like for prolonged periods of time or if I'm in like cold conditions, like if it's windy and it's raining or um, even like swimming in water, like a, um, I can't go swimming in the water if it's too cold, basically it causes my uh, blood pressure to drop, which causes me to pass out and, you know, I guess potentially drown if there's no one around. So uh, that's, quite, well. it, I mean, obviously ambient temperature, everybody can be um, you know, subject to hypothermia and the effects of, yep. of cold, but you've got beyond ambient, you've got tactile. So if it touch, if you touch anything, yeah, you have a, a allergic yeah, like reaction. Even if I eat anything too, if I eat or drink something that's too cold, um, it can cause my like airways to, to swell up and oh, wow. it can cause me to stop breathing as well. If possible. I've never, uh, oh, I've gotten close to that. I'm actually supposed to carry like a, like an EpiPen, like a like Far an adrenaline yeah. pen that you're supposed to jab. I I I, I don't, but I probably I should. But um, I've I've had this now for so I, I didn't have it. I wasn't born with it. Um, it's something that I kind of developed um in my early twenties. So I've had it for about ten or twelve years now, and it was one of those things that originally they said that um it's not it's common to happen in early adulthood, and it's some of those one of those things that you can grow out of. But um. Some people don't, and unfortunately, I've just been one of those people. So. Craig, it's cold now. I mean, it's freezing in Sydney at the moment. Well, not freezing, but it's, you know, cold for Sydney. Are you not coping well? No, I'm okay. No, look, the cold oh. weather like this, like, it's only when it's like when it's like, you know, like when your face, like, you know, when you're out yeah, in the yeah. cold and you feel your face going red yep. and your nose starts, like when it's cold yep. like that, that's when I feel the, 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 I guess, the worst impact. Or, but even sitting on like cold concrete, like if I'm, at, like at a, at a footy game or something like that, and the ground, the ground, yeah. or the is cold, like just piles. sitting down on that. Yeah, well, you end up with like it's like high <laughs> piles. Sorry, mate. hey Craig. It's what, like, it's like, so it's what about like mate on a on a hot summer's day, smashing yeah. a cold frothy beer? Oh. How you know? Do you like have to have a lukewarm beer? beer? No, no. Fortunately, I'm um, I'm okay on that front. What about what about <laughs> I just what, I, I, what about I just a can't hold the beer for too long, Craig? <laughs> Craig, what about a pine lime splice? It's a stinking hot day, and you put one straight out of the freezer. Pine lime splice. How's that go? Um, it's it's okay because okay, I, thank God. I, I try not to let it sit in my mouth too often. Too long. I just 
Because if that if that is a problem, then seriously, you need to go to a hospital in Switzerland and get that sorted out. <laughs> I reckon we've got to get Craig into the studio and uh, just test just, what's going to set him off. Touch him with cold things and wait to see. <laughs> that's that says a little bit like eugenics. Let's get uh, to Peter on the Central Coast. Hello, Peter. How are we doing? Very good, mate. All right. What's your condition? Uh, can you turn your radio down, Pete? No, it's all off. Okay. Yeah, um, well, I, like most guys, I snore. I uh, I can sleep talk. Uh, I've been told that I get up and do some weird things. But the most weird thing I've done um, is actually I've got uh, sex somnia. Uh, I found out about it uh, fairly early on that uh, I can have sex whilst I'm asleep. Uh, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> You're not dreaming it. Is that what you mean? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Pete. I'm genuinely a little confused. You've got sex somnia, so like, uh, whilst you're asleep, you act out sex. Is that what it is? Like in your your mind is having a dream, a sexual dream, and then you physically enact that. Is that what you're saying? Um, funnily enough, the mind's not connected to the body when it's happening. I have no recollection. Don't even have a uh, don't even have a dream about it. I, um, so how does it manifest itself then? What do, what do you do physically? I have no idea to be honest how it works but uh i got told by my then missus um that uh woke up and i started undressing her and uh climbed on top and did the deed and you have no memory of that so you can do sex whilst you're asleep completely except the only downfall is uh you know i've got no no mental joy (laughs) but you can have sex whilst you're asleep that's the two greatest things you can do simultaneously (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like the problem is you going, oh, sorry, I'm too tired. No, it's not. You go, I'm heaps tired. So, <laughs> so prepare yourself for a pretty bumper night. I'm joined this afternoon by a well-known Australian actor and soon-to-be host of a brand-new television show, Guyton Grantley. Good to have you back, mate. How's things? Thanks, Bessie. Really good to be here. Mate, you're doing a TV show called, we'll get to this first, have a bit of a chat about it. It's called Pooches at Play. Now, when some, my producers came to me, and I got a line, they said, oh, Guyton Grantley's, uh, he's, he's doing a bit of publicity at the moment. Would you like him? I said, yeah, great. <laughs> I said, what's he doing? And I thought, well, maybe he's doing a new role. Maybe it's House Husbands, who knows what he's yeah, up to. Yeah, yeah. And they went, oh, he's doing Pooches at Play. And I said, <laughs> 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 and they said, it's a dog show. And I went, no, that's very good. It's very good. <laughs> But it is, though, isn't it? It's very good and it's very true and something I'm very proud of, actually. Yeah. No, you should be. I just, I just, it's not the leap that I made instantly. I went, oh, hang on a second, they might be winding me up. Yeah, I know. I just remember, like, um, there was this TV show on the ABC and there was this actor called Merrick Watts and Mm. someone told me about it. I was like, (laughs) ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> not as versatile, <laughs> mate. So you, you're doing a show. It's a it's about dogs. It's about uh, pets and uh, people's relationships with them, and also to a bit about the psychology of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all, all things dogs, really, and but just not just pet, not pets, just dogs. It's pooches at play. Mm. I don't know. It's like over thirty percent of the Australian households have at least one dog. There are dogs everywhere. It's a $12 billion industry. It's huge. But beyond that, we, they're so present in our lives these days. And yeah, I've um, switched over from acting to having a crack at hosting. Yeah, good. And, and this is something I'm really into because I've got my dog, George. Yep. He's three and a half years old, Lab Kelpie Cross, and he's an absolute terror. And uh, I've been learning stuff of doing this show already to uh, kind of hone him in and uh, make him more obedient and make life with George a lot more better. Right, so what, are you teaching him tricks or are you playing mind games with the garden? Are you doing, are you doing, George, see what I'm doing here? I'm, yeah. 
I'm He's telling too smart you. for that. Yeah, He's are you too doing smart for George, that. look at my hand. Stop licking your balls. <laughs> <laughs> the funny Stop. thing with George is that uh, he does this little head tilt. Uh, mm. I wish this was TV, but you know, I say tilt your head when he's talking, when I'm talking to you and he'll yep. do, that, do that cute little dog tilt. Yeah. And so it looks like I've taught him a trick Yeah. because he doesn't actually understand what I'm saying. So when I say tilt your head when I'm talking to you, yeah. he does it. It's brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a trick in itself. Yeah, it's a mind trick in itself. So do you have, do you have like this kind of like, you've got a team. I know that you, there's a team working on the show where, you know, you've got uh, vets, obviously, uh, people with qualifications. And then there's you as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Yeah, I'm the back. glue, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you, do you do that? Do you, you know, kind of break down? Because I'm fascinated by the psychology of, of dogs and the fact that, you know, you can reform a dog. You can teach them how to change their personalities. Absolutely. We've got some brilliant experts to come in to teach obedience and mm. we've got some great experts on just basic um, uh, grooming and, and healthcare, which can help and, and aid mm. your dog's, you know, well-being and, and overall happiness, Health, yep. which can change their behavior. Yep. Um, and it's not just about behavior though. We've got great tips on, on holiday trips that you can take that are dog friendly. Good. We've got ideas on, on, on exercise you can do with your dog. You know, there's, there's things like Doga these days and there's, do, there's dog Whoa. hotels. Whoa, hold on. Wang yeah, 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 yeah. on. Hold on. Hold on. If there's something you can do with a dog, it's been thought of. Trust yeah. me. Hang on a second. Exactly. There's already caught, there's already downward dog in it. So what does the dog do? Does the dog do downward human? <laughs> The dog, the dog just dog sits does? there and judges you. The dog just gives you, yeah. The dog just goes, paw. you're giving me more ability to lick myself in a wrong area. It's a, you make <laughs> giving me flexibility. And of course, uh, Guy, and we know too that, you know, as part of your methodology on the show, if the dogs don't do as they're commanded, there's always one thing you just go, what's that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's wow. not funny. Have that you got a honking not... horn in there as well? <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want. If you stick around, I'll get some more sound effects. Guyton Grantley with me this afternoon. Joined this afternoon by uh, actor and now presenter Guyton Grantley. He's got a new TV show, Pooches at Play, which is on Channel 10 starting Saturday the 15th of July at 2.30pm. Uh, and, uh, mate, you've also obviously very well known in Australia for uh, your famous role of Carl Williams and also to of your, at your acting across uh, stage and screen, as it were. Uh, what have you, are you doing anything at the moment? Are you having a little bit of a hiatus from acting or, you know, you're obviously doing presenting, but I presume you're still going out to auditions and stuff. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Always busy. Always got your finger on the pulse and, you know, putting your ticket in the barrel. Um, I, I you'd be, you'd be interested to know that I just played a part in a film called Don't Tell where I played a pedophile. Oh, um, pedo. Yes. Yes. One of those people. Oh, that's... Um, in a true case story, which is, um, really moving, really successful film. Um, I'm going to be appearing in, um, Hamish and Andy's new show, uh, yeah. don't, uh, True Story. Yep. Another True Story um, <laughs> coming out. I don't know when my episode's coming up, but that I've got story, one coming the, out. Of course, the true story is not about the story about a... Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a different true story. <laughs> Separate true story. I was going to say, God, Hamish, yeah, Andy, yeah, yeah, you boys yeah. have jumped the shark. Don't do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. I, I, see, I see career suicide. Don't do Pull back now, fellas. Uh, is it difficult playing such an abhorrent character? I know that, you know, actors uh, have to take roles, but also, too, you know, you've got a choice always. But sometimes a role like that where you're playing such a dark figure can be uh, both good because, you know, it's challenging, but also, too, it's a bit grim and a bit yuck and you don't want to be that you're guy right, that gets recognised. Right. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a big decision decision to jump into and, and take on because you want to commit to it properly and mm. you want to play it truly. And I guess ultimately for me, I decided it was it was a good thing to do to serve the film than to therefore serve the story. 
um, to, you know, encourage people to be more aware of it. Yep. Um, and then for me, um, it was a challenge, but you got to not judge your character, I guess. That's the yeah. idea. No one, you know, no one in the world thinks that they're a bad person personally. And you've got to understand why they make those choices. Um, and, uh, look, it wasn't wasn't too gratuitous or anything that, you know, we actually physically did in the film. So, yeah. um, I was able to commit to it. It was, it was a great experience in the end. Um, you know, Mate, to, you, you to pre- tell a story. You're pretty well known now. I mean, obviously you, you've got a, a great uh, pedigree for credits. Do you have to audition now when you go to, to, uh, screen tests or do you just kind of just, they'll just give you the roles or is it, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, no, 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 there's occasions in, well, def- only in Australia, there's definitely occasions where I've been offered, offered roles. Yep. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty cool experience, but it's also, you, sometimes you do wonder, you're like, oh, am I, am I the right guy for this? Mm. You know, did, mm. did I really earn this? And I've always enjoyed auditioning and, um, especially with LA, with America, you know, you come pilot season, you, you you're doing you know, 20 auditions a week. And, and so you just get right into that method of just that practice of just, right, where's the script? Who's this character? What are the lines? Okay, let's go, let's go. And, and, and it's just a fun challenge. And, and so, so when you go to somewhere like that, Guyton, where you're going to LA and, you know, we understand the process is you've, you, you're going to get a hell of a lot more no's and you're going to get yeses. That's just, that's a standard for the industry everywhere in the world. Right. But when you go to somewhere like LA and you go and you do 20 auditions and you get 20 knockbacks, is it a little bit like me in a nightclub in the early nineties? Is, is, is that what it feels like? Do you, when you're there, you're thinking, this is like, this is how Mez's life would have been in around about 1994. Is that yeah. I think the only difference is that the, the casting directors success? aren't slapping me in the face <laughs> the, or throwing drinks in my face. I think that's the only difference. And yeah. you're not drinking Uzo and Coke while you're going for an audition <laughs> and you're sober and people I'm, want you there. I'm not wearing Keppers and, and Timberlands. And, um... <laughs> and you haven't been told, no, sorry, not with that face on. <laughs> Guyton Grantly, mate, it's always a pleasure to, to catch up with you. I know that you've got a uh, lot on, so I appreciate you coming in and have a chat today. Uh, your new TV show, Pooches at Play for Channel 10, is starting on the, the 15th of July on Saturday, 2.30 p.m., Channel 10. Mate, uh, anytime you're around the studios, love you to pop in again. Thanks, Messi. Thanks for the chat. Pooches at Play, guys. Check it out. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrickvillian. Uh, Merrickvillite. Merrickvillaman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9 Triple M.